Welcome back, friends. Okay, stop, 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 full stop. Why is it every time I say welcome back, I then hear the welcome back Cotter theme song in my head? Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. No, seriously, welcome back to Nobody Asked You Kevin. My name is Kevin, of course, as you probably guessed, and this is episode 38 of the podcast. I was recently able to sit down with someone who I watched play basketball in the NBA for years while he was a member of the Indiana Pacers. Scott Pollard is his name. Tune in, sit back, and enjoy the conversation I had with Scott. We talked some music. Uh, like, what music did he grow up with and listen to? Uh, who doesn't he like? We talked just a bit about movies. What was the most recent movie he saw in theaters? What was the best film he saw in the theaters in 2019? He starred in a horror film. What was it like being an actor in a horror film? And I even got to ask him a few random somebody-had-to-ask-questions at the very end. So just think about, like... What's your favorite French fry condiment? Or what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? So let's get started on this. Tune in, like I said. Hopefully you enjoy this uh, quick episode uh, as I sit down with Scott Pollard and and talk to him about just a few different things. So catch you all on the flip side. Hey folks, welcome to a special music chat on Nobody Asked You Kevin. Uh, Tonight's special guest is one badass dude. Uh, He played basketball for the Kansas Jayhawks in the 90s. He went on to an 11-year NBA career, played for Detroit, Sacramento, Indiana, who I actually watched him a lot play for the Pacers, uh, Cleveland, and Boston. Uh, He starred in a horror film, so all my horror aficionados out there, you need to seek this movie out. And he's been on the TV show Survivor, and I've got him here for a few minutes to talk about uh, some music and some movies. Uh, His name is Scott Pollard, so welcome, Scott. How are you tonight? I am doing uh, very well. Actually, I'm kind of cold. You know, it's winter in Indiana. I think everybody in the state is sick, so uh, I think it's my turn now, but I'm doing okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am just, I think, getting something as well. My voice isn't the best. Um, (laughs) I tend to get sick pretty easily this time of year. Um, But uh, so let's getting into it. I mean, I I heard you on Dan Dockett's show the other day and I thought, hey, I think this guy would have some killer music and movie uh, opinions and suggestions. So I wanted to ask you a bit about that because you were kind of uh, you had a uh, a day of really no cares. You didn't care what you were saying. And I thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, it was the, uh, I had a big case of the don't cares that day. That's for sure. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, sometimes when you get, um, you get in that mood, you know, it's just, uh, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't go well and you end up making a mess of uh, your relationships. But other times, uh, if you happen to be on the radio and sports talk radio specifically, uh, it, it works out well because, uh, you know, half the people tune in to hate hate on Dan Dockich, and the other half follow everything he says, like he's Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, if you're if you're not getting any hate after doing a, a show like that, then you, you didn't do it very well because you, you're pretty much supposed to split everybody down the middle, and and half the people uh, like what you said, and half the people go, "You're an idiot and don't know what you're talking about." So, hopefully, I did that. <laughs> uh, yeah, from what from what i heard uh you definitely did that and uh, he he Dockich is good at that is like you said he i mean he's he's got his followers and he's got his people that just despise him but they still continue to tune in and listen to him that's it that's the whole point yeah i'm tuning in <laughs> so okay you grew up on the west coast correct yes delmar right. california just north north san diego all right, so you were a teenager in the late '80s and early '90s. Uh, was music a big part of your early life? Uh, yes, absolutely. Actually, um, when I was a really little kid, um, I was in a few plays uh, that were musicals. So I learned how to sing uh, with my family and with my friends and, and people in my church uh, from a young age, and, and being on stage with the, those uh, plays. So. Um, even, you know, non, non pop music, like old musicals. Like I grew up watching the sound of music in Oklahoma, you know, movies like that, that are those old classic musicals. Um, you know, my mom was a a piano player and and she wrote some of these, uh, plays for, for us to perform in. So, uh, I had been around it my whole childhood and music was definitely a huge part of, uh, me growing up and and my experience growing up. Um, what? Um, you, 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 since you were around music basically from very early age, uh, what did you outside of, of that sort of music, what did you listen to, um, regarding like pop music, rock music, anything like that? Well, uh, my family was Mormon and so I wasn't really allowed to listen to hard rock and roll. Um, you know, they, they, they were believing that fans like Kiss or Twisted Sister and Metallica even and Guns N' Roses, those type of music, that it was like the devil's music. So I wasn't really allowed to listen to that type of stuff. And then towards, uh, you know, high school when I could go out and spend my own money and then I'd go get a job or whatever and, and make some money and I could go buy some of my old albums. Uh, those bands definitely became uh, part of, of my pregame ritual because uh, I uh, music was always uh, in my ears uh, for for one to to help me focus on what I was going to do in, in a game, whether it was soccer, baseball, basketball, volleyball, whatever, uh, it was it was like a pregame meditation. So music was always a big part of it, but also rock music, especially for basketball. I I, I needed uh, that type of music to get pumped up to play. And uh, in 1993, actually, my favorite band in the whole world came together. Their name is Clutch, uh, uh-huh. out of Baltimore. And uh, they're my guys. I've been to, I, I can't even tell you how many concerts of theirs I've been to. I've been backstage with them. I've been on the bus with them. They're, they're awesome dudes. Neil is one of the most intelligent people I've ever been around. Uh, he's the lead singer and songwriter for the most part. And, uh, but all the guys are really great. And, and uh, John Paul is, is just an amazing drum, drummer. But, um, you know, I went off on a tangent there. But 
music is, is was always a big part of, of my childhood, but also uh, especially for sports and, and preparing for sports. It's uh, something I definitely needed to use to focus on the game and get excited for the game, whichever sport it was. Yeah, so so talking of that just for a second, uh, what band or uh, music did you listen to to actually focus? Were there specifics or was it, I mean, just anything and everything? Volleyball, like to- I would do more like Dick Dale surf music, you know, the classic 1960s, like... Yeah. Because, I don't know, it just fit the way I played volleyball better um, and, and the flow of the game. Because there's hard hits and then there's break and then there's you know you're you're digging and there's hard action for a second uh, and then you know there's a side out and so there's a break and surf music tended to help me get into that frame of mind better uh, for for volleyball uh, basketball hard rock it was Metallica it was Guns and Roses it was there was some gangster rap in there because back then NWA was big uh, and so there was sometimes it was that. Um, but, uh, typically I needed to get a little more hyped up for basketball. So it was, it tended to get into rock and roll and hard rock. Uh, but there, there was, geez, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a a bunch of bands that I used to listen to, but, um, it it was, uh, it was a mix, but I would, I tend to go back to the same, you know, Oh, Motley Crue, my goodness. Kickstart my heart. That (laughs) might've been every single song, every single basketball game I played. Uh, especially in the playoffs, like that was, I had to listen to kickstart my heart. And I think that went all the way through till I was in Sacramento. I mean, that was, that, that song was like that, that definitely repeat on that, on that one. And, uh, it was surreal. I got to meet and hang out with Vince Neal a couple of times, uh, as being, I was in the NBA and, and when my, uh, the owners of the Sacramento Kings owned a, a hotel called the Palms in Vegas, and so we'd get down there quite a bit, and Vince was basically a resident there. He was there, always there, so I'd run into him. I, it wasn't like we hung out often, but once in a while, I'd get to see Vince and, and say hi to him. And he always had two tall blonde girls with him. It was <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so um, I, do you remember the first album that you bought with your own money? I always ask this question of people just to see. It might have been um, Queen, the the classic with their their faces. I think it's just titled Queen, um, uh, with their faces. It's just the four faces, and they're illuminated, and there's no bodies. Uh, yes, I believe it's just titled Queen, and that might have been the first one I bought. If it wasn't that, it might have been Electric Light Orchestra, because when I was really little, my oldest brother loved that, and I used to t- I used to rip up his records because that's how old I am. My oldest brother. And now it's like a fad now to have a record player, but back then that was what the what that's what you listened to because that's what there was or an eight track. Um, but I used to tear up his Electric Light Orchestra uh, records, and and uh, then you know as I got older, I was like, man, that, that actually was really good music. So I went and bought one of their CDs. So uh, it was a toss up. It, it, I can't remember because it's been a long time. I'm 44 years old now, but <laughs> uh, it, it probably was was one of those. Yeah. I- I believe my first album, I mean, was uh, the Foo Fighters uh, self-titled album back in the day. So, uh, <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> yeah, back in the day. I'm, I'm, I think I'm only about six or seven years younger than you. So, I mean, I say back in the day, it's not that long. I mean, but, Foo Fighters, they were like they were the kids, man. I was Nirvana. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a bigger Foo Fighters fan now than I, I mean, ever was Nirvana or, I mean. 
even to this day, I'm still a big, huge Dave Grohl solo Foo Fighters guy. It's funny. I I love his talent. I I think he is one of the most talented musicians that's ever existed. But I don't like his music at all. I like Nirvana somewhat, uh, but I don't like the Foo Fighters at all. But I still have an incredible amount of respect because that dude can just play music. He is so talented. Uh, and so I have a lot of respect for him, but yeah, I'm just not a big, uh, Foo Fighters fan. It's weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, that guy, he, he'll get up on stage and he'll just play for hours and mm-hmm. hours. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, uh, their last show here at, uh, Ruoff up at Noblesville. Um, uh, I mean, he, I mean, it was essentially a three hour show. I mean, he was running around the whole time, just belting out stuff and it was amazing. Uh, That's awesome. but, but yeah, I, I mean, what what's it about the Foo Fighters that you don't like? Just, to general. I just it just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. I wasn't a real big Nirvana fan either. That's just my age group. Uh, grunge music, besides Stone Temple Pilots or um, Soundgarden, and I didn't even like Soundgarden back then. I liked Stone Temple Pilots back then. Um, I think it's because Scott was from San Diego, Stone Temple Pilots singer. But um, I just I liked his voice better. I like uh, uh, I liked Chris Parnell's voice. Uh, but uh, uh, he, uh, oddly enough, played here in Indianapolis the week before he died. We were at that show. Mm-hmm. I was one of the last people to see him perform live. Me and, you know, what, 5,000 or whoever, however many people that were at the White River Park here. But, um, but yeah, I wasn't a real big grunge music guy back then. I liked more hard rock and, and rap music. Um, and so I just didn't really get into Nirvana and I, I definitely never got into the Foo Fighters, but yeah, I mean, I've seen him play on TV. I've seen and heard stories just like you just told about Dave Grohl being on stage for hours. And so I have a lot of respect for that because that's a musician. Um, I've seen, you know, my fair share of, of musicians do that same thing. And, and so when I know somebody else does that, uh, I just, I, I know that's a musician. They're not in it for the money. They just love playing music. I mean, look at angus from acdc that dude's like 150 years old and he still goes out and does 35 40 minute guitar solos during yeah. an acdc concert it's incredible i've seen There's, them live a couple times it's just ridiculous and they're supposed to be releasing a new album i think this year too yeah, which is they've, insane they've lost, they've lost every lead singer to alcohol poisoning and alcohol like cirrhosis of the liver <laughs> they just keep on going through lead singers and angus is like ah you punks you can't drink He's, with me ah <laughs> he's going to hold on just like Keith Richards. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to keep living and living and living. He's going to outlive pretty much everybody. Yeah. So, um, speaking of concerts, what's the last concert you attended? Um, let's see. It, it was actually last summer. I saw kiss for the first time ever at uh Ruoff here in Indianapolis hey, or yeah. Noblesville. Yeah. Um, and it was fun because my seven, well, she was 60 at the time, but my, my 16 year old, uh, wanted to go. And so it was later in the summer. And so it was an early birthday present. Her birthday's in October, uh, but it was an early birthday present and she wanted to dress up. So, uh, her being such an incredible artist, she painted, uh, my wife's face. She painted my face. I was Gene Simmons. (laughs) Uh, and, um, she was star child. She painted her own face and we could not, I mean, we dressed up too, but we couldn't go five feet when we got there everybody wanted our picture because they were like, yours is the best. That's the best kiss we've seen. And, um, it was pretty funny because I'm obviously I'm seven feet tall and my wife is six feet tall. And my 16 year old, uh, with the, she had these big monster boots on. She was like six, two. 
And so <laughs> it, we were quite a sight. It was, yeah. it was about um, 20 feet of fun <laughs> rolling around there. We, uh, my oldest was, was uh, not in town because we were thinking if she would, she would join us for the, and be the fourth member of the band, it would have been fun. But my oldest wasn't there. My 12-year-old didn't want to go. So, And my three-year-old, he can't go to Kiss yet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just wait. In about five more years, they'll probably still be touring, and yeah, they'll do another last greatest <laughs> tour ever. <laughs> That's been happening yeah, for the last twenty years or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was playing for the Kings because the uh, the trainer at the time of the Kings was is the biggest Kiss fan, and he was like, "I'm going, man. This is their last tour. They're never going to tour and make it." Again. <laughs> and I was like, "Cool, man. That was like 2002." <laughs> <laughs> So that was the last concert. What's the best concert you've ever attended in your, in your opinion? Um, you know what? It, it might be kid rock. Um, and it's not because I really love kid rocks music, but like Dave Grohl, that dude played every instrument on stage. He drummed, he did a drum solo. He did a guitar solo. I just had no idea he was that talented. I wasn't that big of a fan of his music until I saw him live. And I was just like, my God, he is just, he's talented. There is no mistaking how talented that dude is. So maybe just because it was so surprising, even though, uh, you know, and he was a great showman. Kiss was amazing. I, I got to put that one up there. I saw Iron Maiden last summer too. Holy cow, that was a show. And I'm not an Iron Maiden music fan. I mean, it's okay. There's a couple songs I can dig, but it's not really my type uh, of music. But, man, what a show they were. Um, Metallica was awesome. I've seen them once. I don't like U2 really at all, but I saw them live twice. Unbelievable show. I mean, it's hard for me to rank all of these super groups because they're all like some of the most amazing groups ever, um, and especially live. Uh, but I, I got to say... Kid Rock might be the one just because of how surprised I was. I thought he was just going to get out there and rap and kind of mail it in with Uncle Cracker or something like that. And he just absolutely, he rocked the house. It, it was incredible to see that dude just running around the stage and playing every instrument on stage and singing and dancing around. And he did a couple of the, the rap songs and sang some country songs. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, when I see somebody that is a diverse talent that can do pretty much anything on the stage, I'm just, I'm in awe. I, I, I really am, am in awe because I know how hard it is to try to learn an instrument. I can't play an instrument. I, my fingers are too big or I'm too dumb or both, <laughs> but um, I, can't, I can't play an instrument to save my life. And so when I see people that can do those things and, and do all of them, uh, it, it's really impressive to me. And I love live music. Obviously I just named off a bunch of bands and I didn't even touch my favorite band clutch, you know, who I've seen a bunch of times. And I just, I'm jealous. Actually, my wife, uh, I was on the show survivor and they played red rocks in Colorado, which is an oh. absolutely amazing venue. If you've never heard of it, it's built yes. into a mountain. Um, and it's just the arena it, it's, it's outdoors obviously. And there's just a cover over the stage. Everything else is open air and it's, it's red mountains and there's just stairs in the mountains and it's an incredible place. I saw a buddy guy and, um, he, he was unbelievable jazz musician. And then, uh, who's the guy that's saying, um, uh, I drink alone, uh, oh, George Thorogood. Yes. And the destroyers. 
they were okay. That's not really my type of music, but Buddy Guy, I mean, he's he's really old. I don't know if he's still playing anymore, but my God, he was amazing. And and so anyway, my wife got to see Clutch in Red Rocks while I was gone, and they played Space Grass, which is one of their legendary songs. I'd pay a lot of money. I don't think I've ever paid to go see Clutch play, but I would pay a lot of money to go see them play Space Grass in Red Rocks. It'd be pretty amazing. I might even smoke weed for that. I, do, I don't smoke <laughs> weed, but being in Colorado where it's legal and, and being in Red Rocks and seeing my favorite band play Space Grass, I might take a hit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's you have to. It's customary. <laughs> yeah, and Buddy Guy, I mean, he actually is still, I mean, he released an album, I think, a year or two ago. Oh, he did? Um, okay, yeah. I, just, I like, hadn't heard of him. He's, what, 83, 82, 83, and he's still releasing music. So Incredible. I mean, and, and another person that you just go, well, they're going to do it until they can't. And yeah. he still can, so he's doing it. It's great. Exactly. Willie Nelson's going to be that way. And like you said, Keith Richards, uh, Dave Grohl's going to end up being that way. And, I mean, Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, man, I just saw that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. and yeah. And he's uh, he's ending the his end. I mean, he's nearing the end of his career. So, yeah. I which I'm glad to have seen him multiple times. So, uh, but I running along here. But uh, what this is kind of a weird question, and yeah, I don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But you get you get a wish. You get to wipe out one musical act out of existence. Boom, they're gone forever, never to be remembered again. Who would it actually be? Oof. Um, mm, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of an older band because I don't want to just make all the millennials upset by saying like one direction or some stupid old boy <laughs> band. Um, so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to think of an older band, uh, because I don't want it to be a generational thing where people are just listening going, Oh, he's just old. That's why he doesn't like one direction. I don't like one direction cause they suck, but it might be because I'm old, <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, you know, they're my age. I'll go backstreet boys. I, there, there's really nothing that they, they've, uh, that they did that I could ever go. Yeah, that was a good song. Uh, and I don't even really consider them musicians cause they just, they're good looking dudes. They, you know, it's that formula that started before them. Um, and before boys to men even, but, uh, you know, it's just that formula of boy band. I just think it's kind of silly. Uh, I saw about, um, the new kids on the block live a few times. Uh, and I'm, you know, friendly with, uh, Donnie Wahlberg. I like him a lot. Not a big fan of their music there. It's, it's a show. It's a good show, but, um, you know, I, I could live without the backstreet boys ever existing. It wouldn't bother me at all. <laughs> My vote is Maroon five. So. Oh yeah, that's that's solid choice. I just I'm not even familiar enough with them to say I need them out of out of the way. Yeah, uh, that's I, what I'm saying. I was trying to think of somebody old, but I can't think of anybody old right now on top of my yeah. head. Yeah. All right, so uh, just a, a few more minutes uh, on music, and we've talked music, and now I just want to. You starred in a horror film, The Axe Man from 2014, and I've actually watched that, and I thought it. Was, I love horror movies like that. Um, okay, good. Because you're that, uh, you're an aficionado then. I, I love that sort of stuff. We actually a group of my, uh, friends of mine. We actually last last year we got together. We, we did a whole podcast series of thirty one movies, Spook Fest, thirty one movies, thirty one days of uh, October, and we watched thirty one. We got together twenty to thirty minutes and talked 
about each up each movie for 20 to 30 minutes about what we thought about it um but i i really enjoyed the the over the top kills in that um i what was how did you come to star in that movie (laughs) well uh i retired in 08 and um i was doing broadcasting and this and that and um you know i i I have some connections uh, just from uh, playing in the NBA, but also uh, I was pitching a movie uh, or a TV show uh, to HBO, and I had a script written and everything, and it was really good, actually, and um, never got made. But um, I was in L.A., and that was actually the first time I got hit up to go do Survivor was in 2010. And um, I told him, no, I couldn't do it because my first marriage was on its way out. And I just wasn't wasn't anything I was ready to leave the country to, for seven weeks and come back to that. So um, but uh, the I was on this uh, actor's website, you know, you kind of pay a fee, I think, and put some pictures on there and just say, you know, I'm available for work. Uh, and they, they reached out to me and said, hey, we think you'd be perfect for the role of Axeman. Uh, Justin Thini was the writer, director, um, and he's great. He's an absolutely great dude, and I love his energy. And uh, so he, that was it was through that website, really. And, and um, what's funny is you, you brought that up and, and literally just got reached out to by Justin just a couple weeks back. Uh, he's re-editing the film, and he's going to re-release it. And it's a much oh, shorter, nice. <laughs> uh, faster version of the film. So if you've already, if you haven't seen it, wait, cause the new faster version is coming out. It's about, I think he said he trimmed about 15, 20 minutes off the film. And he said, um, there's some more graphic cuts. So I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet, but he's going to, um, I might be doing some publicity for it or at least some interviews and kind of talk about it. So thank you for bringing it up. Cause it's bringing back some memories. So I'm ready for his interviews as well. But, uh, that was one of them. And then another one, same, same website. I got asked to be in uh, a movie called Barrio tales and it was like three different movies in one. And I was in one of those movies as a, as a, basically a father serial killer of a serial killer family. And so it didn't really show me killing anybody, but I had these green eyes and I was just kind of a monster. They called me El Monstro in the Barrio <laughs> tales and uh, didn't really do anything other than just look scary and, and growl. Um, and maybe cause I'm just not that good of an actor, but, um, <laughs> they didn't really do much <laughs> with me in that one, but that one, uh, I, I think it was on Netflix for a second, uh, a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, then, you know, Lawrence, Kansas, speaking of other movies, I mean, I'm kind of dragging on here if you want to change subjects, but, um, we, uh, I've got a friend that, uh, makes movies for a living. He's a professor at the school of theater at the university of Kansas. And he asked me to be in a couple of his films. Uh, and then that's who, uh, helped me make mine. He, he wrote the script based off of another script I had for that TV show, uh, and my story. So it's a very different, uh, plot than the TV show idea because we had to stay away from that. It was kind of copyrighted. Uh, but we, um, ended up making that movie in 2015. It took us about a year to film it, but I was living in Lawrence most of the time back then. Uh, so, uh, had more time there to, to, to film that film. And had a blast with it. And he actually is an Academy Award winner now because he helped, uh, he co wrote The Black Klansman, which was a Spike Lee movie ah, last year. Yeah, I love that so, movie. Yeah, he was on the stage at the Oscars last year, accepting his Academy Award. So Kevin Wilmot is his name. And uh, he's, I've, I've been in three of his movies, uh, including my own. And 
uh, he's a really good guy, good friend, and, and uh, definitely doesn't mind pushing the envelope with, uh, you know, whether it's race or, or just satirical stuff. He, I was in one movie that he made called uh, Destination Planet Negro, and uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a satire about uh, people g- current time uh, going back in time. Or no, I'm sorry. It's people back in time in the 30s, uh, but they're black. Uh, and it's like the brightest black minds of the time. And they're like, you know what? Uh, we can't go back to Africa because that doesn't work. We can't go to Europe because that doesn't work. And we're here in America and it's not working. So they're like, we're going to make a spaceship and we're going to go find planet Negro. We believe there's going to be a planet that's habitable and we're going to found a new planet for black people. And they, they do that. They find a wormhole. Uh, instead of going to a planet, they come back to earth current day and <laughs> it's kind of a satire about where we were in the thirties and where we are now. And it's like, well, we've come a long way, but we got a long way to go. And so it's a funny show and the title, I mean, nowadays like, Ooh, destination planet Negro. Oh my gosh. They can't say that word, but, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a satire and it's, it's a, it's a really funny movie. It's a really good movie. It's got a really good point. Um, but anyway, sorry, I'm going off on tangents. Oh, no. That's, that's the best kind of stories. Tangents are always good. Uh, what's the last movie you saw in the theater? I just saw 1917 about a week ago. Oh, my God. Go see it if you have Yes. It. Um, it's not my favorite movie, but you can't enjoy that movie on a TV the way it, it, it plays in a theater. You have to see that movie in a theater. If you don't have a home theater, which I don't think most of us do, um, you need to see it in a theater somehow because that's the only way you're really appreciate appreciate that movie. I'm watching it going, I don't think I could watch this if it was just in my house with my TV. You know, like I've got to be enclosed and be engrossed in this because that's it grabs you. It jumps like from second one and grabs you, and you're with those guys and you're with that main character. And I just don't think that you could jump into it like that if you're sitting there and your kids are running in and out of the room and your TV's, you know, not giving you the sound and the surround sound. I mean, you've got to be enclosed in a theater with that, you know, level of focus. Uh, incredible filmmaking. Again, I didn't think it was that great of a film other than just it was such a, a, a new way of shooting a film and making it look like there was no cuts at all. It, it, they did an amazing job of of cinematography in that film. It is excellent uh, cinematography. Um, just absolutely go see that before it's not in theaters anymore because it, it won't do it justice. Just watch it on TV. Yeah, I no, I completely agree that that film I saw opening night and it was I had it was on, it was on the edge of my seat the entire time, just in like engrossed in the movie itself, just right? how it, how it, it was filmed. In. And yeah, it sucked me in essentially. It was it was so thrilling from that aspect of I mean, I'll get bored sometimes. I'll I'll glance over at other people or whatever. And I did that once and everybody was engrossed in the uh, in the actual screen. And I mean, very commonly you look around and there's people looking at their phones or whatever. And uh, it it tremendous film. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Um, are you a, are, are you a big superhero Marvel DC fan or anything like that? Uh, not really. I like some of them. I got kids that will go watch them all. Uh, I've seen a good portion of them. I haven't seen all of them. Um, but I mean, to, to me again, I'm old. I don't like watching a lot of computer generated stuff. Uh, and I know 1917 has a lot of that, but, uh, as far as like animated, uh, computer generated, 
you know, the Hulk and stuff. But, um, you know, it's, for me, the biggest problem is it's like, we're, we're going to blow up New York in the name of world peace. And the, then the movie's over. I'm like, all right, it's pretty much the same movie every time. And so <laughs> I just, I'm like, Oh, we're going to destroy whatever city, whether it's Wakanda or it's New York or where, you know, LA, whatever city it is, they just blow up the city and save humanity. But you know, if that were a realistic war, millions of people would be dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I think maybe it'd be better if, if uh, the, the bad guy with the big glove, whatever his name is, Thanos, yep, maybe Thanos. it'd be better if he did just take over. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, watched, that's a different way of looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched Endgame and I'm like, huh, you know what? I'm starting to think this Thanos guy's got it under control because, yeah, <laughs> maybe there does need to just be less of us and more people just need to just go, you know what? I'm happy with what we've got. I'm glad there's less of us. There's more food now. And, you know, maybe Thanos isn't all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a point. (laughs) All right. So one last movie question for you. Um, (laughs) What? And do you see a lot of movies in the theaters? Actually, uh, I used to all the time, uh, but I had another kid. He's three now. And Uh. so when, when you're, you know, looking at sitter and dinner and a movie, it's just, it's a lot to, to spend to just go watch a movie. And my wife isn't a real big movie fan. Um, she likes watching a movie, but, um, you know, we used to go see more movies, but with the, with the little guy until he's a little bit older, I don't think that we're going to be going, but 1917 was the first movie I'd seen in, in a theater in probably a year. So, Oh, okay. It's been a while. (laughs) That was good. That was going to be my next question was what was the best movie you saw all year last year? 1917, because I can't remember the one I saw before that. (laughs) (laughs) You saw Endgame, so there's that. That's true, but I'm not sure I saw that in the theaters. Uh. (laughs) I think I saw it on an airplane, uh, like right after it got out of the theaters, or maybe it was still in theaters, but it was on an airplane, because I watched it in an airplane for sure. Uh. All right, well, I mean, I I appreciate you coming on the show tonight, talking a little bit of music, talking a little bit about movies, being very gracious with your time. Uh, it's been fun getting to know you. I, I mean, I but I, I'd be pretty remiss if I don't sneak in the last couple questions. Uh, usually on on this show, I have like a, a segment called "Somebody Had to Ask," and it's just random crap questions. Um, and I if if you're down, I could ask you a couple of those. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so when you're talking French fry condiments, what do you choose? You only get one choice, and it can't be ketchup. Uh, mayonnaise. Yeah. I am happy someone has said that because that is my choice as well. Yeah, if it can't be ketchup, I eat mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Yeah, I know it's kind of a Canadian thing, but or something. Maybe it's French. I don't know where I'm from, but um, it's not that bad. Oh yeah, it's it's perfect. It's like a yeah. it's like a Canadian slash Northern thing. Um, yeah. I grew up in Michigan and living, of course, here now. Uh, but uh, it, I mean, mayonnaise, I don't think can be beat. Yeah. And then um, it's the start of Girl Scout cookie season. Oh, Samoas. Every, Samoas, your favorite? Yeah. yeah, that's without question. I love coconut. I love the that type of cookie. I love caramel. Yeah, that's. That's that's my that's my no go. I I will not eat Samoas. I don't like coconut. I cannot stand the texture of it. Mm-hmm. So thin mints or those peanut butter patties. Oh, those are good that, too. Or I don't the, like the no, thin, thin mints is third place by a distance. I'll eat them, but I'm not a big fan. Of, I wouldn't order them for me. It's the it's the it's the peanut butter ones with the chocolate all over them. I think yep. they're what tagalongs or whatever. In, yeah, I think in this that, area. 
Yeah, I think they're tagalongs. Yeah, those I'll buy a box and then I'll have them in the car with me on the way home. And then by the time I get home, the entire box is empty. <laughs> All right. So, um, two more questions. You can make a sandwich out of any, and these a lot of food questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little food centric sometimes, but you can make a sandwich out of anything. What ingredients do you use? Um, I'm going, uh, I'm going roast beef, Swiss, mayonnaise, mustard, pickled peppers, and uh, sourdough. Ah, nice choice. And then the final question here. Um, if you were to be given a banner, you could set up this huge banner anywhere you wanted, and you could have it say anything you wanted, where would you put it and what would it say? <laughs> it could be anything. Um, I'd put it in... Allen Fieldhouse, where I played college basketball for four years, graduated in 97. Uh, and I would put it, uh, put my number on it and my name, and it would say, my jersey will never be retired. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't deserve it. I, there, uh, I've heard some people rumbling about that, and I'm like, no, I, I don't deserve it. I, I like the way the Pacers do it, and I'm going off on a tangent, but this is why. I hate, hate going into a basketball arena or a football arena, and you're if you're a fan of that team, you should know every single one of those people with their jersey retired right off the bat. You go into the Pacers building, it's Tamika Catchings, it's Robert um, uh, Roger Brown, sorry. Uh, it's Slick Leonard, it's Reggie Miller, it's um, Mel Daniels, and I'm missing, I think, one, and Mel Simon, one of the former mm-hmm. owners that, that's mm-hmm. passed. I mean, that's how you do it. It's everybody knows every one of those people. If you're even sort of a Pacers fan and a, and a fever fan. So, I mean, Tamika's done so much for the city. She's still here doing so much for the city. She's an amazing human being. She She deserves her Jersey up there. No question on top of just the basketball stuff she did, which was also very amazing. She had an amazing career, but her community outreach and and the effect she has on the community, um, she might deserve another banner for that. But you know, when you walk into a place, and, and I'm sorry to say, Allen Fieldhouse has become that. There's 30 jerseys up there, and I mean, I'm I played there, and I'm a I'm a basketball nut for Kansas basketball. It's all I do is watch Kansas basketball. I don't watch a lot of other college ball, and I look up there, and I'm looking at some of the names, going, Oh yeah, that's right. You know, like it, <laughs> and, and and I should know every one of them, and I know most of them personally, unless they've passed on. So. I don't like that. I, I, I think that it should be limited to some of the unbelievable players. You know, uh, if your program's been around for 122 years like ours has in Kansas, yeah, there's a big number of people that may deserve it, but it's got to still be special. It's got to be people. It's like, yeah, I mean, he fought in the war. He played three sports. He was an All-American in all of them, and he was the best at basketball. That's one of our guys, Charlie Black. I mean, that's that's incredible. And, and I never knew him. You know, he passed on a long time ago. But somebody like that, it's not, oh, he was on a pretty good team that went to the Sweet 16, and he played here for two years. That guy's jersey's up there. I'm like, screw that guy. I mean, I love him. I know who it is, and I love him, and I respect him. But if, if anybody actually seriously suggests that I get my jersey retired at Kansas, 
and and I do give back to the University of Kansas. I'm leaving there. I'm going there on Friday to do our annual bowling event for the School of Education. We raise funds every year with a bowling event and a, and a golf tournament. Uh, and, and so I do a lot of stuff in the community out there. I do a lot of stuff. I did a lot of stuff on the basketball court there. But I don't deserve to have my jersey retired. So my banner says it's in Allenfield House, Scott Pollard. My jersey does not deserve to be here. But this is my banner. So <laughs> <Some> good <of> bitches. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so Scott, thank you again for coming on the podcast tonight, putting up with my questions. Uh, where can people find you on social media if you do that sort of thing? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Scott P31, one T. Uh, Scott with one T. When I came up, my mom said a four letter word. Uh, so Instagram, <laughs> Scott P31, and Twitter is Scott Pollard31. S C O T P O L L A R D 31. And on Facebook, you just search me. I, I leave my account open. Uh, and, and it's not full yet. I've been accepting everybody because I'm a real estate broker now for uh, Encore Sotheby's and I'm here in Carmel. And uh, so I've opened up my Facebook page for pretty much anybody, mostly just so we can advertise for for uh, houses and listings and that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, I'm on those three. I'm not on any of the other ones. My kids are on some of them and I'm like, hey, I don't want to run into you on social media. <laughs> that's that's the worst because my kid is is 10 and he's starting to he's searching out my name and he's he's found my Twitter account and everything and I I just like oh man I don't know <laughs> <laughs> mine I'm I'm friends with um, I think two of my kids are on Instagram I'm friends with I think my oldest blocked me or something I don't know I don't <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah I, I I'm fine with them because I don't post any garbage on on social media i don't post negative stuff for the most part sometimes i'll retweet other people's stuff it's funny i think maybe but um but yeah i I try not to post anything that i would think that my kids would find offensive or embarrassing so i keep it pretty clean but um i just i'm not going to be searching them out and trying to make sure that i see i'm you know i'm not going to go get snapchat i don't know if they're on it they probably are but I'm not going to go get it. I check on them, make sure they're doing good stuff and make sure they're not sending pictures of themselves that they shouldn't be sending. But um, I also want them to make some of their own decisions and, and some of their own mistakes and, and learn and, and not feel like I'm watching every single thing they do. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, any other last words that you have for anybody listening out there right now? Uh, don't ask, Kevin. <laughs> You know how many times I hear that? <laughs> it's ridiculous. But all right, well, I, I thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure, and uh, I hope uh, uh, you have fun at uh, Kansas Bowling uh, coming up here. Are you a good bowler? No, in fact, I don't even bowl in my own tournament anymore because um, we get so busy hosting. I'm on the microphone for about five straight hours, and oh. if I bowl. Uh, it ends up slowing up the night and making the night last a lot longer because people are waiting for us to finish bowling. So we just go around and say hi to every group. My wife and I are the hosts and, and I'm on the microphone the whole time. And, uh, I got to rest my voice between now and Friday because (laughs) I, I got to make sure I can speak. I actually, one year I had to give it over to my friend, uh, because I just, I ran out of gas and I couldn't speak anymore and I I was sick. And so I got to rest between now and then. So I don't have to do that again. (laughs) All right. I will go let you rest and stop talking to me. Um, but again, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. And I hope you have a great night.
So that was Scott Pollard, my friends. He played basketball for Kansas. He played in the NBA for 11 years. He's been uh, an actor in the movies. Uh, he's been on the Survivor TV show. We, I mean, that was mentioned in the interview, but he, I mean, there wasn't much talk about it, but he was on Survivor for a while. Um, and I'm working on getting other people on this podcast, so stay tuned. But I love talking to people in general, talking to just all, all sorts of people. So whether it's music or movies or friends or family, I want to talk to you. So if you want to come on this podcast and be interviewed by me, then what are you waiting for? Send me a damn message right now. Now you know you want to, and it would be kind of kind of good if you knew where to send it. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on the socials at, at Forensic Talks Guy on Twitter. Uh, the show is at Asked Kevin on Twitter. On Facebook, go search for the uh, Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast page and give it a like. I'm always looking for more likes. Uh, email me at nobodyaskedyoukevin at gmail.com. I hit up the blog. Uh, I've got a new blog set up at nobodyaskedyoukevinpodcast.blogspot.com. I will be updating that pretty routinely for this show. Um, so hit that up. Again, Twitter, Facebook, email, blog, and last but not least... If you get the chance, if you have spare two or three minutes, go over to Apple Podcasts, uh, that app that you use on your phone, typically, um, or iTunes or whatever. Search out the Nobody Asked You Kevin podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you've obviously searched it out. So leave a review for me. Uh, I don't care if it's one star or five stars, whatever you think. It's your opinion on the show. But it does bring legitimacy to this podcast. I will be your friend forever if you leave a review. Anyways, um, enough of that. So until next time, friends, as always, do no harm, but take no shit. Peace. Small sector vector, eat them all. It's already in.